morning, everyone. I want to again extend a warm welcome to uh, to everybody. It's uh, to visiting Restoration this morning. We are very excited that you are able to join us today on this special day to celebrate with us. Uh, we are celebrating, as I said, Restoration's first birthday. For those of you who may not know, Restoration had uh, its first church meeting in our house back on September 11th, 2016. At that very first meeting, which we met in our house, we, um, we somehow stumbled through uh, a church service which included a worship time, which, is, which was, was awesome and anointed because of my lovely and talented wife, Vanessa, and the so-called preaching by yours truly. I will always look back on that day with um, such fond memory as it marked the beginning of God's incredible faithfulness of his um, unending provision and his amazing grace for restoration. That is what we're celebrating this morning. You know, it's not, we're not celebrating us. We're not celebrating who we are. We're celebrating his faithfulness. We're celebrating his mighty love and goodness. We're celebrating his uh, unending provision. We're celebrating his infinite wisdom. And we're celebrating his amazing grace for all people, for all people through the establishment of restoration. Uh, restoration, the church itself, as I said earlier, was established by God much earlier than just last year. We know and completely trust that it was established since the beginning of time through his infinite wisdom. He had planned and purposed restoration from long ago. It was not until last year that God revealed his plan for restoration to a small group of, of uh, faithful courageous and brave pioneers. I use the term faithful because they, they devoted themselves to God's leading and to, to pleasing Jesus and him alone, not pleasing other people or concerned with the circumstances. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says this about faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because of their faith, they were able to please God. And as they were pleasing God, with how they live their lives and the decision that they made, their faith has been increasing ever since. They stood tall and asked God to use them for his glory. They stepped forward and took up the greatest of commission so others can experience the love and goodness of our mighty God, Jesus Christ. I also use the term pioneers because of their pioneering spirit. They took on a mission which I think none of us have ever done before, right? I don't think anyone has done a church plant in that group. And they broke ground into an area that they have never been before. And they ignore the challenges and the obstacles and the difficulties of a church plant where most people would see uh, difficulties and challenges and obstacles and struggles. They only saw opportunity for growth, opportunities to learn more about who God is, opportunity to see more of God's goodness, of his signs and wonders, and experience more of who he is, and to press into more into God, to, to rely more on him. And, to, and more importantly, is to walk more into the inheritance that God has for them and for the generations to come. I can say so much more about this courageous group and faithful pioneers, but I will stop and ask them, the original church plant team, to, to stand up so we can acknowledge them as humble people, but people who have chosen to be at the tip of the spear, so to speak. So for those, I want to commend those, those who planted this restaurant. Are you guys going to stand up or what? Do I need to call you out? I, I just want to say thank you for them, for their faithfulness, for their obedience to God. And uh, 
It took a lot of courage and courage. Amen. And uh, then we have another couple that is not here. As I mentioned, Mike and Kalina, they just had the baby three days ago. Uh, they, they would have been here if not for the baby. I asked her to delay the baby, but uh, she did not. She didn't wait. Um, but anyways, anyway, so I want to recognize these individuals as they were the first group of people that made up restoration. However, as I said, restoration does not exist because of them. As great as they are, which they are very great, restoration exists because of God, and it exists for his glory. As I said earlier, restoration was established by God, and just as anything was established by God, there will be fruit. And the fruit from restoration is the amazing people, and I use that term um, very accurately, the amazing people whom God has added in his first year. You know, all the things I said about the people who just stood up, about them saying yes to God, implanting restoration, about being brave and courageous, about possessing a pioneering spirit, all those things also apply to the people whom God has added to restoration. Because who in their right mind would want to join a small startup church, right? Especially in, in a very affluent and mostly white neighborhood. I can say that, right? I mean, I know I'm not white, but I'm married to one, so it's mostly a white and affluent, very affluent neighborhood, right? It's always easier to attend an established church. It's always easier to attend a larger church so we can blend in, or, or a name brand church. I think I'm being a little bit too harsh, am I? However, because these people, the ones that God is adding to restoration and will continue to add, are not concerned with the circumstances or with how things look how things may appear for being part of a small church. It is because they also possess a pioneering spirit where they see the world around them, where they see the things around them with supernatural eyes, where they listen with their hearts, where they, they let their theology shape how they live their lives. They don't let the circumstances shape how they live their life, but the theology shape how they live their lives. God has added those folks to restoration. Jesus said that I will build my church, and he's doing just that. These people are being added to restoration because Jesus is building his church. I will ask those people whom God has added to restoration to stand up also, because they also should be commanded for their faithfulness, for their boldness, and the courage, and obedience to God, and the pioneering spirit. So for those, I think you know who you are. Can I ask you guys to stand up? I hope I'm going to have more than one. <laughs> For those who have, uh, have committed to restoration, I just want to say thank you. We are, we're missing a couple of uh, people. I think one is actually making a cake right now, Sonia. Right? She's making a cake right now. Hopefully she's coming with a cake. Uh, you know, these people are the fruit of what God is doing at restoration. He is not only adding people to restoration. He is also doing deep work in each of us through revealing more of who he is and what he is. As we are celebrating his faithfulness and his goodness, I've asked two people to share the testimonies of the deep work that God is doing in their lives and how God has revealed more of his goodness and more of his love to them through restoration. So 
uh, with that, let's listen to the testimonies that, that what God has done through the, these two people. So I'm going to ask Mike Conway to come up first. Um, Mike is uh, the, the one single guy that we have at Restorations. You're probably the, the only one single guy so far, the only one so far. So, uh, so here we go. Man, I'm really glad he uh, convinced me to do it on this day when there's all these people here. Here, can I take that? One second. Can I get it? Leave it up. All right, so um, it just sounds so weird hearing my voice through the, uh, okay. So yeah, my name is Mike. Um, a little bit about me. I grew up down in Joliet, the youngest of three kids. Went to Catholic school growing up, um, Catholic for a lot of generations. Um, had a Catholic education, but I didn't really understand anything about Christ um, really until just this past year or so. So for me, like going to church was just something we always did on Sundays, um, more so because that's what the other families did and as a way to fit in. So there was no real connection in that regard. Um, when I, as I got older and older, um, I always had this like overwhelming sense of um, not fitting in. I'd say fear, like that's a overwhelming, overwhelmingly um, common trend, especially like in my teenage years and like in my early adulthood. And uh, I did pretty much everything I possibly could to try to cope with that feeling of brokenness um, in a lot of earthly ways, all of which ended very, very, very poorly. And then over the last probably four or five years in my life, now when I look back, I can see these events and people and things and situations that happened that kind of slowly led me outside of that. And then specifically this past fall, which led me to where I work at, where I met a number of people from church in the city and here. Um, got paired up with that guy, Gavin. Good man. So, and I saw these people, and I saw them living these incredibly um, genuine, honest, and what appeared to me joyful lives. And for me, more than anything, I just wanted just um, freedom from fear and uh, worry and that brokenness that I carried with me my entire life. And I mean, they didn't preach at me. Gavin was great because I could ask him like really, really elementary questions, and he'd be very patient. And he'd talk with me and. Um, one night, I remember, uh, I, was, I was actually talking to somebody from Church in the City, and, and they were asking me, like, if, if I was saved, like, what my relationship was. I'm like, well, I want to, like, read the Bible, like, from beginning to end, like, in chronological order first, and then, like, make that decision. And I started doing that, and it was a little bit difficult, and uh, <laughs> somebody was like, you should read the book of John, and I'm like, that's a good idea, and so I did, and um, there's actually a line in there. Let's see where it is. One of the one of many that stood out to me. But uh, John fourteen twenty seven, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. And uh, that spoke to me. So one night, I was just in bed, um, alone, reading, uh, reading the Bible, and I just say, prayed a basic prayer. I'm like. 
Christ, the life that I've lived up until this point right now, um, it hasn't really gotten me anywhere. It hasn't gotten me anything other than pain and uh, brokenness. So I'll just give it up to you and let you guide me. Um, and from that moment forward, um, there was a very marked and fundamental shift very quickly in my life. Um, I was baptized a month or two later after that, started coming to restoration right around that time. Um, and I do have peace, not, not all the time, not all the time, because when I'm actually actively walking with Christ, I do. And then there's times when I, I backslide into that lifestyle and um, the person I was because I'm growing. Um, the one thing, though, it's like once, once you find Christ, it's like those earthly things I took such great, like, you know, temporary pleasure in. It's like when you go back to it, it's just gone. So there's nothing really left but um, Christ to pursue. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind, of, uh, kind of my story. Uh, most of all, for me, though, it's, it's all about finding peace and uh, salvation and redemption through Christ. Something that I didn't think I was worthy of, um, but now that I know I know I am, and I know that Christ died for my sins. So, all I got. Thank you, Mike. Just five minutes. Thank you, Mike. That's awesome. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention is I actually didn't tell these guys what to say. All I said was make sure Jesus is glorified and keep it under five minutes. That's it. <laughs> so uh, it was not scripted, but it was, came from the heart. And thank you, Mike. That was awesome. So uh, the next person I want to share a test, uh, come up to share his testimony is Ryan. Ryan Breen. Come on up. The bass player. For those of you who may or may not know, he never played an instrument before, right? But uh, look at him now. Spirit's just up there doing it, man. It's not me. Wow, five minutes. I had to put this in perspective yesterday because, and I'm going to plug my my son here because this is a family testimony of sorts. So I should have been given ten, but I'll take five. Um, so Hugh asked me to do this. I'm thinking about all the stories. I'm thinking about the journey, and you know, you get the research in your head. Like, okay, how did this all happen? I got that down pat, but then I'm thinking yesterday, I'm at my son's cross-country meet, and he finished, I'm telling my brother about this meet, he finished sixth, first meet of the season they ran, and he finished, or seventh, I'm sorry, seventh, and my brother goes, you know, no one knows, he goes, is that good, is that good? I go, well, in, in a race of seven people, it's not very good, <laughs> and then I, sh then I showed him this, this video of, of the start of the race, and if you've ever seen a cross-country race, there's 200 plus kids in this thing, and it's a, it's a stampede at the beginning, it's just an absolute stampede people get trampled on and fall and like death like it's bad and I and so when I when I zoomed out and I showed him this perspective he goes oh wow that's pretty good seventh is pretty good out of 200 200 plus people so I thought okay this is this is this is that was my my moment when I watched in this race I go that's this is about perspective this is about seeing what God's doing um in in chaos and being able to hear that and that's how we got here I think that's that's the analogy for how we got to this church because um, and cause some of you guys know my wife, and she's not here for the same, for partly because of our issue, <laughs> which is that we are probably the most connected, disconnected family in North Center. We have an event every night. We have a party to go to every weekend. There's something always going on, but yet 
there is absolutely no sense of connection, sense of intimacy. And we exercise that all the time. And we're out there, you know, trolling the streets and, and engaging, and, and there's nothing, there's no sense of, of connection. And lo and behold, ironically, she's at a event today, which was a fundraiser that she had uh, prepaid for. It was kind of an, uh, somewhat of an obligation. So that's why she's not here. I think it's ironic that we're talking about this here because last year, and I'll, I'll just start with last year to keep it under five minutes because that's where it really began. We're church-going people. We've always knew we had to go to church. I was raised Catholic. It's what you do, right? You don't miss church. You don't know why you go, but you don't miss it. <laughs> and she was the same way. She was, in, she was raised in a, like a smaller Baptist-type church. You go to church. That's what you do. So we continued that but we were never compelled. We were never compelled to go. We just went because we thought we're going to find something there. We're going to connect. It's going to happen. When we went to Chicago, we go to a large church. We started up at a very large church, and there was no excuse to not be involved because there's something going on all the time. And so we tried. We tried everything, and we even tried. We even led a small group, a married couple small group for two years. Never felt connected. Never felt a sense of connection, and we're continually struggling amidst the conflict of our marriage, our relationship, and living life, we're just, I, I don't hear God. I just don't hear him in that, in that moment. But there had to be a sense, there was a sense of needing to kind of continue to plug at this. Last year, we had gone and seen a counselor at the church who basically told my wife, told me to join a men's group and told her to go get mental health counseling. He couldn't help her. And so we were like, well, what do we do? Because this is like, you're feeling shamed, right? And when your issue is, is, being, is being, being known, and, and knowing others and being known, you know, that intimacy thing, that wasn't a very good thing to hear. So I gave them another chance, and I reached out to the pastor of small groups, and I said, help us out. And he said, he said oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you out. And so he, he did. He worked really hard to get us plugged into a group. I went to this group. Same thing happened where there was an expression of, of, of inside-out sort of sharing, um, and there was a sense of, whoa, that's, that's heavy stuff. We can't really handle that here. And so... Um, Again, rejection, or sort of the sense of rejection was happening again. Then we um, said, we can't go to that group. We need a different group. We need, and so he was going to help us out with that again. Gave me a group to go to because she was at that point in time done. Like, like it's just not going to happen. I'm done. So I, I, I reached out to a guy. Um, he said, yeah, we're going to start up in September. Lo and behold, he doesn't get back to me. I reach out again. I reach out again. And it was like, it was literally like the door was shut. It was weird, and it was, and at that point in time, she of all people said, we should go to that new church. And I don't even know if she had talked to you on the street or, or where it came from, but she said that, and I was like, I have no more ideas. I have no ideas. And when we walked in for the first time, there was that sense of, of knowing Jesus that, that, I, that I've had in the past, where I know when I'm connected, right? It's like when you, I don't remember walking in my own home as a child for the first time ever, but I knew when I walked in, I was home. And that's the same thing here. So when I think about coming to this church, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a beginning in my mind. I feel like I walked in and I felt that connection. And so now, here we are, you know, just plugging away, but while we're home, and the intimacy or the potential for that intimacy is there. And, and I think that's the, the beautiful thing about this, this, this need for community, but Jesus is at the center of this. And, and because of that, you, you feel a connection, regardless of your issues, regardless of what's going on in your own head, what you think, how you judge yourself. There's this connection that you feel like you're home. And so that's, that's us. That's our story. That's, that's how we got here. And I think that's, you know, I just thank you guys for being a vessel because at that moment in time, there was no voice of God. There was no perspective. And, you know, so thank you and, yeah.
Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan and Mike. It's, um, I actually, um, honestly, when I asked for the testimony, I didn't really know what they were going to share. I just wanted, you know, I, I just felt that God has touched them and they have experienced God in a new way, in a different way, and I just thought I asked them to come up and share with us because testimony, you know, testimony is defined as an evidence or proof of, by the existence of something or someone. And these are just two of the many testimonies of what God has done through his church, not our church, his church, restorations. You know, the testimonies are to remind us of the truth and the goodness, the bigness, the amazing grace of, of the God that we have the privilege to know. And that's why it's, you know, it, it behooves me to just stand up here and to talk about how mighty God is. But when we actually come up and share a personal testimony of how God has impacted us and how God is real to us, how he's not just like what Ryan said, just he's not someone that you go to church, you don't know why, but you're supposed to go. That is not the God that we want to know. That is not the God that we want to worship. That is not the God that we want to sing to. That is not the God that we want to change our lives and shape our future around. Because we do those things because we know who it is that we're doing those things for. And those testimonies is, is to, to share with us again, to encourage us. And it's always important for us to, to not only to share, but to listen to these testimonies so that, in, so that we can be encouraged by them. So we can be strengthened and be built up by them with our faith and, and help strengthen the body. The testimonies are also further evidence that we gather and worship because we trust and believe in the loving God. Not only do we trust and believe in him, but we gather and worship because each of us have a personal relationship with him. As what Ryan said, we have a direct personal relationship with him. And that's why we gather and we worship, because we know him, not knowing of him. Like, we know of who Jesus is. We know him. We know him in terms of experience, for ourselves of his love and his goodness by the two examples that, that, God has sh that, that those two guys have shared with us. That's what we're celebrating. We're celebrating the goodness, goodness of who God is. And we're celebrating these, these, these you know, people because they are pioneers. They are pioneers that God has brought together to make up restoration. At the same time, we are in awe of how God is establishing and building restoration. It, if I can say this, Restoration is the first church plant in North Center of Roscoe, Roscoe Village neighborhood. There are many church plants in surrounding neighborhoods like um, Lincoln Square, Irving Park, um, Ravenswood, Albany Park, and what have you. It's all around neighborhoods, but in North Center of Roscoe Village, we're the first church plant that I know of. Mostly is because I think because it is an affluent neighborhood, like I said earlier, because it's an affluent neighborhood and it's not very diverse. I think we can be honest with ourselves when we say that, right? Can we? Yes. Can I? Okay. Um, well, we're not totally we're not totally certain why God has called restoration to be here in this neighborhood, because I don't think it is a reflection of how most of us grew up or where we came from. Uh, we do know that restoration is God's gift to this neighborhood. Restoration is God's blessing to this neighborhood. He wants this neighborhood to experience the multifaceted of his people, 
the multifaceted of his wisdom, the multifaceted of his gifting. I say restoration is God's gift to this neighborhood because it was not, if it was not, then we would blend in, right? We would be very similar to what the neighborhood is and we would blend in and be just like this neighborhood. We would all be extremely affluent. That would be nice and not diverse. But because we're not, that's why we don't blend in. That's why we're different. That's why we stand out. Because if restoration is not God's gift to this neighborhood, then the makeup of this church would reflect the neighborhood that we're in, as I said. However, restoration is far from being affluent or not diverse. For such a small church, for the time, well, small now, just for the time being, because we know it will grow. For such a small church, restoration is already comprised of people from many different backgrounds. Age, we got people from 80-something years young to three days old. You know, professions. We have people in the white colors industry, blue color industry. We got business people. We have business owners. We have nurses. We have counselors. We have firemen. We have homemakers. We have people in the law industries. Race, as you look around, we got all types here. We got Asian, Hispanic, people from Africa, South American, European descent, ethnicity. We have people from 10 different countries represented, not just three generations ago. People that were born in 10 different countries represented here in this small church. How incredible is that? I know it must be, and it has to be, Jesus that is gathering his people and building his church because I'll be honest with myself, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good-looking enough, I'm not funny enough, I'm not interesting enough, I'm not articulate enough to gather such a diverse group of people. And that is why I truly, truly believe that restoration is meant to be here. And it is meant to be a blessing to this school, to this neighborhood, and to this city. It's just an example that I also want to say about a, a, uh, us being a blessing to this school. When we first met in this school back in October, we had one family that have kids attend Bell. One family from Restoration that attend Bell. Now we have six families that attend Restoration that have kids that go to Bell. And we will grow. And we will be a blessing to this school. We will be a blessing to, this, to, to the teachers and to the kids and to the parents here. And that's why God is calling Restoration, calling us to be a blessing in this neighborhood. And that's we're celebrating God's goodness through Restoration. I want to be bold and declare this on our first birthday, that restoration will grow, and we will walk into our inheritance together. In the process, restoration will plant churches. That's crazy, right? But that's what we see, because we are here to declare God's love and goodness. We're not here to build our own empire. We're not here for us. We're not here for the things that we do or the things that we can get. We do this because of our love for God. And it's bold and daring for me to stand up here and say that, but we will be bold and fearless when it comes to God's plan. We know it is not because of how great we are or how big we are or how smart we are. If it was based strictly on our abilities, the restoration would not have lasted more than six months. I think I can be honest in saying that because of so many different people here. Because of that, because God's, God has brought us together, we will be daring in our vision. We will be bold in our thinking. And we will be courageous in our life decisions. We will put our trust and our faith in the God we know personally. 
not in the one that we're supposed to know, or not in the one that we don't know why we're going to. It is through God that we can achieve our vision of glorifying Jesus everywhere. I know I got a little bit passionate at the end, maybe too passionate, but it's because I'm so thankful and grateful for, uh, for what Jesus has done through restoration, through these amazing people. It is because I'm so excited for the incredible adventure that Jesus has planned for us in the years to come. I want to close by, say, by saying this. There is a pioneering spirit within the DNA of restoration. As you can see, by looking at the people, as you can see, and, and through what I have shared earlier, that pioneering spirit was put in us, not so we can be complacent. The pioneering spirit was put in us so not that we can play it safe. It was put in us so not that we can just stay in a comfortable box and be living a comfortable life, comfortable life. The pioneering spirit was given to restoration so we can blaze a path into the unknown or undiscovered territory to do something that hasn't been done before. That's why I say I, we don't know why restoration was established in this neighborhood, but we know that God planned it and purposed it from long ago. And we are going to be a blessing to this neighborhood. And the pioneering spirit, it was given so we can live free through the blood of Jesus and live a radical and transformed life and help other people experience the love of Jesus so they can also live free, live radically, and live a transformed life and not be weighed down by the fear like Mike was sharing earlier, like the fear and the anxieties and the worries of the day-to-day -day lives and bills and debts and what have you. But we are called to live free. We're called to run and run fast and run far and be God's people because that's what we were meant to be. We, we have the privilege of being given this pioneering spirit so we can bring restoration to God's people by sharing his love and goodness. That is why we are thankful. And we will always celebrate God. Every Sunday when we gather together, we will celebrate God. We celebrate him today because of our birthday, but we will celebrate him every Sunday, every day, for all that he has done. And we look forward to all the things that he has in store for us. Amen. Amen. I need to stop because I'm going to get really passionate and start talking more about restoration and God and who he is. But I just want to share that with you guys because I feel that God has brought restoration here for a reason. As we look back, even though it's only been one year, but he has done so much. Not only the people that he has added, but he has done so much to every single one of us. We have grown. We have matured. We have pressed into him. We have gotten to know God on the level that we have never known before. We have trusted in him in a way that we've never trusted before. And we get to experience his provision and his blessing in a way that we never thought that was possible. And that's why we're doing this, and we will trust for more. We will never be complacent. We don't want to stop and saying, oh, that's too much. We want more of who he is, and not only that, we want it to flow through restoration and into the people in this neighborhood, in this city. So do you want to say something? So lastly, I want to end by saying thank you. Thank you to our friends and our visitors, those who are coming to celebrate with us. We, 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 we know that some of you guys, even though you haven't attended, but you've been praying for us, you've been thinking about us, and those things do matter, and they are important to us. Because, it's, again, it's not about us. It's not about what we do. It's about who God is and what he has been doing and what he will continue to do. So, um, so we, we're celebrating by catering in food. 
It's supposed to be here in about five minutes. So we, if you can, we want, want to invite you to stay and have a meal with us. That's why those tables in the back are set up so we can um, eat together, have a meal together. And uh, you know, if, if you can, have some coffee, have some water, and just hang out. And if you have any questions about anything, please come up. Um, we have this room until 1 p.m., so no need to rush off. Uh, and lastly, which is something that we always want to do, is if anyone is trusting for something, or you want to get prayed for something, or if you want to spend some time praying for others or the things that you're trusting for, please come up. We want to be able to stand with you and pray with you for the things that you're trusting for. So with that, um, that's all I have for today. We're going to celebrate. It's very quiet, but we're going to make some noise. We're going to celebrate the restoration. So amen. I think this uh, 80-something old young lady. Celebration time. Hallelujah. I have a course I want to sing. Look where God has brought us. Look how far we've come. We're not what we ought to be, but we're not what we used to be. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. And he's done marvelous things for us. Marvelous whereof we are glad. For we've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. And that's what we're going to continue to do because we're going to take Chicago. And with your help and with your prayers, we're going to make it in Jesus' name.